Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is a very special episode. We are going to celebrate that uh, Wrong Place, Right Crime has now passed the 100 episode mark and still going strong. And so we're going to take a little bit of a look back at the first 100 episodes, hear from some uh, guests who stopped by to say congratulations, but more importantly, to get a little bit of an update as to you know what, the, what they've been up to since they appeared on the show. And since the emphasis of the show is always on the guests, uh, it wouldn't be right to have a uh, feature episode without an interview. So we'll be interviewing Alan Orloff in an open and shut format on this uh, episode. We're going to hear from Lance Wright of Down and Out Books in just a few minutes here, uh, talking about some of the new releases from our sponsor. About the only thing we're not going to do that we normally do is we're not going to get book recommendations because, to my mind, when the former guests come on and talk about what they're working on now, uh, I'd like you to consider those as book recommendations. In other words, when something piques your interest, uh, you know, hop on with the help of Detective Google and, and take a look at that, that author's work and, and consider a book recommendation uh, from them or from me. Uh, so that's what we've got going on for for the show this episode. I want to say that it's been really uh, a lot of fun to host this uh, this program and to reach out and uh, get to talk to just a ton of of wonderful people. I had no idea when I started it that it was going to go on for four plus seasons. Uh, I've already got guests penciled in for season five, and uh, it's just it's a pleasure to get to talk to. Uh, other people in the industry to make new friends, to learn about great books that I didn't even know about until I met uh, a guest, to share the love of of good fiction, of good storytelling, uh, and to just to make all those connections, uh, especially during 2020 with the uh, COVID lockdown. Uh, but let's face it, I've been a bit of a hermit. And so this podcast has been a way to reach out uh, well before COVID-19 haunted our doorstep. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the show, uh, how the idea for it came along, uh, the the naming, and and then we'll get into some guests. Uh, But uh, first thing we should do here is uh, hear from our sponsor, Down and Out Books. And uh, the man to do that, as uh, has been the case for about a season or so now, is Lance Wright. Take it away, Lance. Hi, Frank, and thanks for having me. We had a great time selecting new titles to be published in 2021 by Down and Out Books. So let's get started. Eric Beatner has a new thriller this month, Two in the Head, about a DEA agent who, after surviving a car bomb, realizes that she's now two people, one good, one bad. Both sides vying for control of her future. It's an exciting read you won't want to miss. We're also reissuing two series by best-selling authors this year, with the first books in both series coming out this month. Midnight Lullaby is the first title in the Henry Malone series by Seamus Award-winning author James Hanna. And Moonlight Falls is the first title in the Dick Moonlight P.I. series by Thriller and Seamus Award-winning author Vincent Zandri. Subsequent books in both series will be published in the coming months. Finally, the third season of your popular crime serial, A Grifter's Song, premieres. This month's episode is titled The Rule of Thirds and is written by Matt Phillips. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about a selection of this month's publications from Down and Out Books, and I'd like to conclude by wishing you, your guests, and your listeners a very happy new year. Well, thank you, Lance. And uh, I think you're going to recognize a couple of names uh, from the books that he talked about as we uh, proceed through uh, the roll call of guests that are going to pop up. But uh, before we get to those guests, uh, just a little bit of history for you. The whole reason I started podcasting really is Eric Beatner and Steve Loudon's fault. Um, And by that, I mean, uh, they put together a completely awesome kick-ass podcast called Writer Types. If you don't listen to that, you need to go check it out. It's uh, funny. It's well done. Um, 
Uh, Eric is hosting the show uh, on his own right now, sometimes with the guest host. Um, but it's uh, very well produced. Uh, Eric Beatner is a, a television editor uh, by trade, and so the production value of writer types is just phenomenal. They get great guests, high-profile guests, brand-new authors. Uh, they really do a service to the authors in, in the writing community and to the readers by, by connecting the two. Uh, but I heard their show and I, I thought it sounded fun. And I, I thought to myself, you know, what, what can I, could I do something like this? Um, and clearly I couldn't do what they do. Um, they have their particular set of talents and, and the, those talents greatly exceed my own. But uh, their, their program to me seemed to be uh, kind of akin to like a, a morning drive radio show, you know, very upbeat, very quick, shorter segments, a lot of humor and interplay and just uh, a lot of fun. I knew that if I was going to do a podcast, it had to be something a little bit different than that. And uh, in keeping with my character and in keeping with being different and I suppose buoyed by the fact that I can talk just a little bit, I've been known to be loquacious. Uh, and in fact, a side note for you, when I went to uh, talk to my wife's sixth grade class, probably a decade ago now, about my middle grade book, uh, The Hardest Hit, uh, which is part of the Sam the Hockey Player series. Uh, one of her students, uh, I don't remember her last name, but her first name was Elizabeth. Uh, she'd probably be like in her 20s now. Um, but Elizabeth told me, you sure are verbose. <laughs> and she was right. But it is also kind of a funny thing for a sixth grader to say. So she's probably a very smart 20-something uh, year old right now. Uh, but anyhow, uh, you know, I kind of envisioned for the show the idea of, you know, it's late at night, you're driving your car, maybe it's raining, you got two hours of, of highway driving ahead of you, and you click over on the FM dial and you come across this discussion going on with a host and the guest. And, you know, maybe you recognize the guest or maybe it sounds interesting to you or whatever, but they're talking about, you know, the book, they're talking about the genre, and then maybe they range a little further and wider talk about life, talk about whatever, you know, comes up. Uh, just one of those types of conversations uh, that, you know, focuses on the craft and focuses on the the work and the author, but also has the ability to range a little further and and be more casual, I guess, in, in its focus. And I thought I can do that. I can do that late night conversation, you know, uh, you know, I can be that, you know, groovy man, guy, you know, guy behind the mic that, you know, just kind of gives it over to the to the guest as much as possible. And so that was kind of the the idea. I wanted to be a, a little bit funny. And so I did include a couple of things that uh, eventually went by the wayside. Uh, I'll talk about those a little bit later. Uh, but that was the core of the idea. And um, uh, I was shooting for about an hour long episode as opposed to writer types, which were, ran in the 20 minute-ish range, which is really the sweet spot if, if I'm being honest. So that was that was the format. Um, the wrong place, right crime, uh, was the, obviously the title and it, it came into being pretty early. And although she claims not to remember that it was her, uh, it was my wife, Christy, that came up with it. I think we were riffing around something maybe in the ballpark, but she's the one that, that hit on, uh, hit on that title. And I immediately knew it was awesome and correct. And, and that's why it's the title. And so it went from there. Um, uh, season one, was all feature-length episodes, all hour-long episodes. I was doing uh, one a month was the idea. And uh, uh, my first guest ever was was Dave Zeltzerman, a great, great guy, very interesting guy. Uh, and he his interview kind of got me hooked on thinking this was this was going to be what I wanted to do. Uh, he made it made it a lot of fun, and uh, he was very honest and and uh, had some great things to say. Uh, I, I would hardly recommend that interview even today, although maybe the production values aren't as high as they could be. Uh, but that's on me, not him. I also got to talk to Danny Gardner, Steve Hamilton, uh, and a bunch of other folks, a few of which are going to pop up here in a couple of seconds. Uh, but, uh, you know, like anyone else uh, taking on something new, it was a learning process. So if you do go back and listen to those early episodes, uh, listen to them for the content, not the production value, I suppose. Uh, so I've been talking about season one. Uh, let's hear from some of those guests 
who wanted to stop by and, and say, hey, cool on you for 100 episodes. And more importantly, here's what I've been up to lately. Hey, Frank, this is Colin Conway, your co-author on the recently wrapped up Charlie 316 series. Congratulations on the 100th episode. That's a fantastic achievement and one you should be proud of. It's hard to believe I first appeared on your show way back in the 14th episode. Thank you for having me back on since then. I can't say thanks enough. A quick update for you. The 509 Crime Stories will continue this year with a new novel, as well as a collection of short stories from some fellow authors who I've invited to play in that world. I think you're going to like it. I also have two other series that I'm launching this year. Both will be parallel to the 509. The first is an amateur sleuth series set in modern day. It's lighter in tone than the procedurals. I had the Rockford Files in mind when I wrote it. The second series is about a disgraced cop and starts off in 2004. This was actually the first series I ever wrote, but I set it aside until I could get it right. It's finally there. Once those are out, I'll loop back to my cozy up characters and get to work on the next novel. As always, thank you for having me on the show and good luck on the next hundred episodes. Hi, this is Eric Beatner, author with Frank Zafiro of the List Trilogy, the Backlist, the Shortlist, and the Getaway List. I've also been lucky enough to be a guest on Wrong Place, Right Crime. Uh, you know, I've been doing my own podcast, Writer Types, for over three years now, and I am still not at 100 episodes yet, so clearly I'm doing something wrong. But congratulations to Frank on 100 episodes, and here's to many, many more. So if Frank wanted to know what I'm up to. Well, uh, following my collaboration with Frank, uh, still in therapy twice a week, but my doctor says I'm close to a breakthrough and she convinced me to drop my lawsuit against Frank for emotional cruelty. So I guess that's good for him. I am still writing, still trying to use words to fight off the existential void and to keep the creeping darkness at bay. And, you know, Frank and I wrote three books together without ever being in the same room. So, you know, we practically invented social distancing, folks. You're welcome. But honestly, Frank is one of my favorite people I've met in the writing world. He's a real craftsman, a great collaborator, and a sweet guy, even though he has been trained to kill you if he wanted to. Hey, Frank. Jim Wolski here. I uh, understand that uh, your podcast, Wrong Place, Right Crime, is going to hit 100 episodes this year. And... Um, just wanted to forward, number one, my thanks to you for letting me be on one of those episodes. And uh, number two, just tell you that that's a hell of an accomplishment. And you're probably the only guy I know that can write 17 books at one time, do a podcast, and God knows what else. I mean, I don't know when you ever sleep, but... Uh, Anyway, going to keep this short. I'm still trying to hammer out a novel that I've been working on for 11 years, I think. Seems that way anyway. So, congratulations, Frank. You deserve it. Great job. And it takes a lot of commitment to get that done. So, I'll end it here. Take care, my friend. Hey, Frank, congratulations on 100 episodes of Wrong Place, Right Crime. This is Alexandra Amor, author of the Freddie Lark mystery series, and it was a joy to be your guest on episode 11. Since your listeners love podcasts about mystery novels, I'll recommend my show, It's a Mystery Podcast, where you were a guest for episode 55. There are over 100 episodes now, and you'll find that at itsamysterypodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Congratulations again, Frank. Awesome job. Hey, everybody. This is John Floyd. I'm located in Mississippi, and I write mostly short mystery stories. My only news is that I have stories coming up soon in places like Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine, Strand Magazine, Mystery Weekly, and the annual anthology Best American Mystery Stories. And a publisher in Moscow will release a book soon that's a bilingual edition of the short stories I've had published in the Saturday Evening Post. My latest collection of short mysteries is called The Barons, and my latest book, released earlier this year, is a collection of 300 pieces of light verse called Lighten Up a Little. Both of these can be found at Amazon and at my publisher's website, 
www.dogwoodpress.com. My website is www.johnmfloyd.com. Frank, I wish you sincere congratulations on your 100th episode and keep up the good work. Hi, this is Sarah M. Chen, author of Cleaning Up Finn. Right now I'm working on my first full-length novel. It's a thriller about a best friend breakup. There's a lot of dysfunctional sex and toxic relationships. And recent releases, my short story, Unit 805, was included in Low Down Dirty Vote, Volume 2, put together by the awesome Misty Berry. We just had a big virtual event to celebrate National Voter Registration Day on September 22nd. So thank you to Frank Zafiro for having me on Wrong Place, Right Crime. And I want to say a big congrats to him for hitting the 100-episode mark. All right, it's good to, to hear from those folks. Uh, I was pleased that they were willing to, to make a recording and to come back around. Uh, some of them... Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to very much since they were on the show. Some of them I talk to on a weekly basis. So that is one of the nice things about this podcast is I've I've literally made dozens of friends. Uh, when I moved into the second season, uh, I did make some changes. Um, one of the changes uh, was to drop the rather silly <laughs> gag that was part of uh, some of the episodes early on, the uh, who gives a shit question. Uh, in which I was just basically asking kind of a stupid question uh, to the guest. And then after we messed around with it and tried to answer this stupid question for a while, the purported punchline was, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, who really gives a shit? And, uh, you know, it was funny when I was explaining it to Christy before the show went into production, but it kind of flopped most of the time, I think. Uh, and I don't used it a few times and then it just got quickly shunted to the side. Uh, something that held on a little bit longer that, um, that I actually enjoyed doing, uh, was, uh, getting in touch with the guest, uh, ahead of time and doing some quick hit questions for a, uh, a flash forward segment that would air the previous month where I asked about 10 questions of, of the guest and, and that lasted for, for quite a while. It didn't go by the wayside because it didn't work. It just kind of went by the wayside because uh, I did start doing the open and shut episodes. And those are the 20 minute or so episodes that you get every week. And the reason for that really folks was, you know, nine episodes a year, basically, uh, or 12, if I did it every month, um, how many authors am I not talking to that I want to talk to when that happens? And there are just people asking to be on the show, people I wanted to ask to be on the show, but I couldn't do a one-hour show every every week and still continue to write at a level that that I expected of myself and that I wanted to achieve. So doing the open and shut episodes of uh, 15 to 20 minutes, uh, I actually think I was even shooting for as short as eight minutes if if, if it worked out that way. Uh, allowed me to have contact with writers, get get a writer in front of you, the listener, and do so in a way that didn't, you know, turn me into a full-time podcaster, basically, and let me be a, a writer first and foremost. Um, and so that really was a game changer and really uh, added just a ton of guests that I was able to talk to because I was adding, you know, three shows a month, basically. Um, it's also the season where I started taking summers off. So the seasons are running from September to June, which coincidentally is roughly the same as the school year. Uh, and I took those summers off so that I was doing a little bit less during the summer because while being a writer uh, full-time uh, is a 12-month year gig for me, uh, Christy's off during the summers for a couple of months. Uh, and, um, you know, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my wife when she was uh, not exhausted from teaching. And so that's, you know, roughly nine months and it allowed me to, you know, add another 27 episodes per, per year. Uh, it's a lot of people to get to talk to and it's, it's been pretty cool and it's paid off in that I've been able to get people on the show that, that I wanted to get on the show. And it's allowed me to say yes when people reach out or their publicists reach out uh, and I've met a ton of people I would have not otherwise met. Some of them have been some of my favorite interviews. And uh, with that in mind, uh, some folks from season two stopped by again to say congratulations and to update uh, all of us on some of the things that they've been up to since they've been on the show. Uh, so let's give them a listen and 
you know, I'll just reiterate, there won't be any book recommendations this week. So please consider uh, these authors' works to be my recommendations uh, this month. Hi, Frank. This is awesome, Maria Bradley. I had to look up to see when I was a guest on the show, and it's been two years, which seems unbelievable. Um, since I was on the show, I have released a couple of more books or a few more books. The third book in my Viking Warriors uh, series came out at the end of last year, and that's my paranormal romance series. I started a new urban fantasy series called Power of Lightning. Uh, I have, of course, been social distancing for the last year. And uh, I'm about to launch a new series uh, that's also a shifter series um, with wolf shifters, and that will come out in January. And then I also worked with you on a super fun project, uh, The Grifter Song. And um, I hope that you have an amazing season and that you um, really celebrate reaching 100 episodes because you totally deserve it. I love the show. And it's always so much fun to uh, work on stuff with you. Hello, uh, this is Colin Campbell, author of the Jim Grant Thriller series. Uh, my latest book, which has just come out by From Down and Out Books, is Permission Granted, a collection of short stories that uh, link the Jim Grant thrillers to the new series of Vince McNulty thrillers. Uh, first book of which is coming out this December. Uh, I just want to say congratulations, Frank, for uh, hitting 100 episodes. Uh, I'd have to say that the Wrong Place Right Crime podcast, it's, it's very entertaining. I really do enjoy listening to those. And you have the coolest cover image ever. The the black and white picture of the, the single chair in a diddle-licked room, obviously for the interview which is just about how I felt when I spoke to you over the phone. Congratulations, always a pleasure. And please note, no F-bombs. I've uh, decided to clean my act up. Hey, Frank, this is Joni M. Fisher. Congratulations on your 100th episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime. It's been an amazing series, and I look forward to it every time a new one comes out. I'm working on the fourth book in my Compass Crime series, and if you're at BoucherCon in 2021, I look forward to catching up with you and buying you a drink. Hey, hey, this is Matt Phillips down in sunny San Diego. Check out my pulp novels, Countdown, Know Me From Smoke, and You Must Have a Death Wish. Thrilled to congratulate the Wrong Place Right Crime crew on reaching 100 episodes. Check out my next book, The Rule of Thirds. It's the first novella in the next season of A Grifter's Song featuring characters created by Frank Zafiro. You're going to love it. More info at mattphillipswriter.com. Hey, just uh, this is S.A. Cosby here, and I wanted to congratulate Frank on reaching a great milestone, 100 episodes of this fantastic podcast, which really gives writers a place to talk about the craft and uh, in a really laid back and comfortable setting. It's it's almost like talking to an, uh, a friend of yours at a bar, except uh, we're virtually hundreds and hundreds of miles away apart. If you are listening to the podcast, you may have heard me talk about my book, Blacktop Wasteland, which is currently available. Um, I'd love for you to check it out if you get a chance. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll all be around next year. And my next book, Razorblade Tears, will uh, be coming out in uh, the fall of 2021. Um, but more importantly than that, I wanted to thank Frank for giving writers a place to really just uh, let our metaphorical hair down. And congratulations on all your success. All right. Uh, it just, it's great to hear these folks come back on. Uh, it's like getting a phone call from an old friend, every, every single one of them. Some of the best people I've met uh, have been at the uh, conferences I've gone to and hosting this show. So uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, in keeping with that, hey, this is an episode that has a, an author coming on. Um, and, you know, originally it was just going to be a celebration of the 100 episodes. And I got to thinking 
who wants to listen to me for 45 minutes? I mean, that's just, uh, it's got to get a little boring after a while. And then I started thinking, you know, what's the whole point of the show? For me, the point of the show is having the ability to promote other authors who I selfishly get to meet and talk to. Uh, and so it would seem silly not to do that on uh, an episode celebrating 100 episodes. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk to Alan Orloff. Now, Alan is the author of numerous books. Uh, most recently, I Know Where You Sleep uh, from Down Out Books, a PI thriller, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, but he, he's got several other books that we're going to touch on. Uh, he has uh, some really cool premises. Uh, premises. Somebody help me out there. Um, and uh, has had a very eclectic work life. You know, I touch on it during the episode. Uh, I would encourage you to go to his website to read more about it. I mean, the guy's done a lot. It's very eclectic. And so it should be no surprise that his uh, book catalog is likewise eclectic. Um, I got a chance to catch up to him and have a conversation. And, well, now I'm going to share it with you. Well, hey, Alan, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Frank, and congratulations on your 100th episodes. Oh, thank you. Terrific. Yeah, we're celebrating that uh, on this episode along with your interview, and it's it's pretty exciting. The best part is uh, always been getting to to talk to people, and uh, in, in our case, kind of getting to basically meet for the first time. Right. Yeah. No, that's the whole thing. the uh, The entire mystery writing community, the whole crime fiction writing community, is so incredibly supportive and friendly, and I think it's terrific. And I thank you for. Uh, your efforts here with the podcast. Well, it's certainly my pleasure and I get a lot out of it. And you're right though. Uh, I've been part of other communities and, and so some of my co-authors and we've, we've talked about how this is uh, uh, maybe not unique, but certainly special and how collaborative it is and how supportive. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to touch on your, your newest book. I know where you sleep. Uh, but before I do that, I, I wanted to point out to people that may not be familiar with you that you have had a very eclectic background in terms of jobs. It would seem I have, I have, I, I mean, I got a long story and I, I was going to leave that for people to discover on your website. To okay. Be with you. Sure. Um, it's, it's a book and it's an episode in and of itself. <laughs> and I read through it, but it seems to have, uh, uh, really had some trickle down effect to your writing as well, because you're, you're not very singular in that either. You have some, I mean, you write horror under one pen name and, and you kind of have, have been eclectic there as well. Yeah. You know, most of it falls under the aegis of crime fiction. But you're right. I did a horror novel, and I've done uh, you know mystery, and and now with I know where your sleep is my very first PI novel, which I'm excited about. Um, I think my agents uh, would have preferred if I'd stayed in one subgenre, but you only write what pops into your head. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's commercial considerations and there's artistic considerations, and you know, I, I applaud you for letting the latter win out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you. Not that they're not commercial by any means, but just <laughs> just that. Uh, no, I think uh, I think I'd like to be a little more commercial at times. Yeah, the, you know the thing of it is though, you know, you can follow what you know what you want to write that seems commercial, or what you really really want to write that maybe doesn't. And you know, sometimes it's hard to go the second round. I think I think it should be recognized that you're being being more true to that uh, second element as opposed to chasing trends and and you know, trying to be only commercially successful. Right. And I think that enthusiasm shows through in the writing. I mean, if you're writing something that's only because you think there's a market for it and you're not really into it, it's going to show in the writing and your, mm -hmm. your story's not going to come out as good and you're just not going to succeed that way either. Mm -hmm. So I'd say write what, write what what drives you, what moves you and and let the chips fall where they may. You know, in addition to the, the horror you wrote as Zach Allen, uh, I wanted to quickly touch on a couple other um, of your your books. Diamonds for the Dead was your was your first book, and that that was interesting to me because uh, it was kind of a father and son book in a way. Yeah, exactly. In fact, the working title for so long was Fathers and Sons, and um, I, you know I went away from it for some reason. The title again, this story it was sort of a, a combination of a couple of events that happened in my life and. And they kind of came together in my mind like, well, what if this happened instead of that happened? And for those who yeah. aren't, aren't familiar with it, uh, what's, what's the elevator pitch on that? Uh, a guy comes home to bury his father and he finds an old Russian Jew living in the basement. And he also finds out that there's a missing cache of diamonds. 
So he sets out to figure out what, what the story was. You know, his, he delves into his father's secrets and he eventually finds out who the heck that guy is in the basement. And who his father is a little more? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of a peeling back the layers of uh, his father's life. And, and um, you know, as a kid, you have one impression of your father. And then, you know, as an adult, you may learn thing, more things about him that kind of change your initial impressions. Mm-hmm. That's that's fascinating to me, the idea of how the same person is seen in multiple ways by different people. I mean, it's definitely something I've, I've written about recently in the last few books. And when I see it in other people's work, it, it really piques my interest. Right. And, and other people, but also the same person in different stages of their life. They sort of see things through a different lens. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great yeah. point. That's We're not the same person our entire lives. That's very true. And, you know, I, I can't get to the, the newest book without touching on Pray for the Innocent, uh, because that is a cool premise. I don't think I've I've come across that premise before. Uh, maybe something in the same ballpark, but not exactly that. Uh, and so maybe you could tell, tell the listeners what the setup is, because it's very intriguing. Sure. So in, there's a secret DOD laboratory, and they're doing brain research. And, and I think we've all heard of artificial intelligence, where you take computers and you sort of try to um, get them to think like people. And I thought, well, what if they had people and they used the, uh, the amazing abilities of the brain as, as intuition and so on, and they operated on large amounts of data. So it's sort of AI in reverse. So it begins with, uh, there's a subject who happens to be an ex-Special uh, Forces soldier, and they are downloading information to his brain via this op- uh, optic nerves uh, scanner that they've developed. And they figure, well, what's the easiest way to, to download as much data as possible? Well, ebooks are readily available. So they just start cramming all these ebooks into this guy's head. And there's an electrical storm and you know, the operation is corrupted. And the, some, so some of that information gets garbled in this guy's brain. And he thinks that he is now a Russian terrorist from the best-selling 1980s novel, Attack on America, I think is, is the title I use. And his mission is to destroy America. So he escapes the lab with that as his mission. So the feds are understandably in a panic. They have to capture this guy before he does some harm. So they turn to the one person who knows what this guy's up to. And that's the author of the book, Attack on America, who created this character. So it's really a cool premise. It's almost like a Frankenstein sort of vibe with uh, like a Michael Crichton element to the premise sort of. And I just, yeah, you can see why that appealed to the writer in me, of course. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, and and you'll, you you may also appreciate this. This is the only time it ever happened in my life. I remember where it was. I was in Florida for the Sleuth Fest conference and it was Sunday. That was, we were leaving Sunday. And so Saturday night I went to bed at 4 a.m. I woke up with this idea fully formed. And I'm not kidding. No way. It's, it's never happened before. I woke up and the, and the next the next day I, I called my agent and said, look, I have this great idea, unbelievable idea. I, and I was in the middle of another book. I said, I'm putting this other book aside and I'm writing this one because it is crazy nutty and I don't, it just popped in my head. So now, while that was great, every morning when I wake up, I'm just a little bit disappointed when I don't have that great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. That is uncommon. Usually, you know, ideas come with, you know, a pretty good kernel or a, a little bit of a premise, but they need a lot of fleshing out and for it to come right. fully formed. That's right. Uh, it was, it was, it was freaky. It was freaky. I wonder if part of it uh, had to do with the setting that you were in, you know, all those creative juices and energies flying around at a conference. Maybe. I mean, I used to get energized with those things, like a lot of, a lot of other writers, but yeah, so the book came out good and, and, um, it won the Thriller Award for that year for Best Ebook Original. So that's awesome. And uh, before we jump to the newest book, there's one other uh, thing I wanted to, to touch on, and uh, that is also a win, an award win for you. You uh, won the Derringer in 2019 for one of your short stories. I did. I did. So I started writing, well, late in life. If you go to my website, you'll see that um, on my bio. And I thought I was a novelist. So I wrote, I don't know, five or six full manuscripts before I even considered writing a short story, but all my friends were writing short stories and 
they said, you know, you should try it. It's really a lot of fun. And I did. And it was pretty cool. You get, you get quick feedback, right? You know, you write a novel, you send it away. And like two years later, you might hear something about it. But short story, you know, you can hear something in a month or so. Um, and I just kept writing on it. And I was lucky enough in, in 2019 to write a story, uh, Dying in Dokesville. It was about, my family went to see the uh, total solar eclipse. We took a drive down to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was sort of the basis for the story. I was in Memphis when that happened. Yeah, pretty freak. Uh, that was freaky too. Yeah, it was a it was yeah. an interesting event. So, where was that published? That was in Mystery Most Geographical, which was uh, ah. Malice Domestic Anthology. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, congratulations on the Derringer. That is, I think, an underappreciated award in some circles, but it's also uh, I, I feel like it's one of the coolest awards because it, the first round to get to the finalists is is blind judging. So it's uh, less of a popularity contest than, and yeah. than some. I agree. I agree. I'm a, I'm a four time finalist and a four time bridesmaid. So I envy you and congratulate you. <laughs> Thank you. Fifth, uh, fifth time's a charm is what they say. Yeah, that's nobody says that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, l- let's move into your newest book, though. I know where you sleep because much like how you know all the other titles that we've talked about, you've you you've kind of done one or two titles in a, in a genre or subgenre. And, and moved on and tried something different. This is a, a PI thriller. You're, you're you're labeling it. Yeah, I um, you know as a kid, I used to read a lot of uh, instead of when reading you know James Joyce and William Faulkner, I would read Stephen King and Dean Koontz and mm. Isaac Asimov and those guys. Me too. Uh, and it wasn't until my twenties, I guess, that I was living in Boston and a, and a guy I knew said, "You like to read? Why don't you try reading about a PI uh, set here in Boston?" P.I.'s name was Spencer. So I love Spencer. I read all the books. And somehow it, it uh, imprinted, the patterns imprinted on my brain. Because even though uh, I Know Your Sleep was my first official P.I. novel, in my head, most of the books I've written take the sign of the same format of a Spencer novel. So mm-hmm. something happens, Spencer and a sidekick go out and investigate, you know, and they talk to some people and so on. So in my head, I've been writing Spencer books all along. But this was the first one where there's actually PI and not a comedian or a regular guy or whatever. And the PI is not alone in his uh, quest to solve this uh, mystery for his client. Right. I thought it would be cool. I mean, I don't know how big a fan you are of PI novels, but um, you know they're sort of of a type. And I thought it'd be cool if I had my protagonist have a sister. Involved. Sometimes they have a husband and wife sometimes, but I don't recall I've ever seen a sister, brother-sister pair. So she works in the office and she has what you might call anger management issues. <laughs> so <laughs> the protagonist, Anderson West, he's sort of your typical PI. You know, he, he follows the rules mostly. He breaks them when it fits his moral code. His sister, Carrie, doesn't really have even a moral code. So he, not only does Anderson have to sort of manage the case and do his investigation, he has to manage his sister. And his sister is working on sort of a slightly different um, agenda. So I thought that was be interesting. And it was real, really a lot of fun to write, her, her parts especially. Well, that sounds difficult for, for Anderson, but you made it even harder on him because his client is, uh, as they sometimes are in these books, uh, there's layers to her as well. Yes, she has her own um, secrets that she's towing, towing across the country as she's uh, escaping from something. And, of course, he doesn't know that initially. But during the course of the investigation, he discovers these things, as does his sister. And they sort of react in different ways to it, you might say. Uh, but it was, it was fun to write. The, the, story, the book was a lot of fun to write. And it was, it was fun to be able to finally sit down and write an actual PI novel. Did it feel different in that regard then? Um, a little bit, it felt sort of more comfortable. So in the past, like I said, I've been sort of using the template, but now I get to actually do it. I don't have to like disguise these things. I'm like, okay, you know, I can, I can throw in some detective lingo, uh, and it, where the works. So it's, it fun. it's almost like you finally came home. <laughs> yeah. Might, yeah. might this be a beginning of a series uh, for, for these characters? Uh, well, I hope so. I mean, it's a down and out, which I know you're quite familiar with. 
Um, and we'll see how it sells and see, see if they want another another one. I mean, this whole COVID year sort of skewed things. My book came out in February and I had a full slate of conferences and conventions and appearances scheduled to you know, help promote the book and so on. And they, with, with one exception, they all, they were all canceled. So, you know, which, like which, a lot of, like a lot of us have sort of in limbo, I think. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a tough year. Uh, 2020 was one for, one for the garbage bin in some ways. Uh, which one were you able to still go to? Was there a virtual one? Uh, no, I did an actual in-person one right at, at the, in February when the book came out down oh. here. And um, I moved during the whole COVID thing too, which was another completely other story. Uh, so Murder on the Beach, which is oh. in Delray Beach, mm-hmm. a great, great mystery bookstore. Um, I did an in-person event there. So I know where you sleep uh, has been available for a bit now from Down and Out Books. What's next for you? Well, keeping with my uh, uh, pattern of trying something new, I've got another book coming out with Down and Out in July. It's called I Play One on TV, and it is a (laughs) YA thriller. It's about a guy, uh, a teenage actor, who plays a a murderer as a a teenager on one of these crime reenactment shows that you might find on Investigation Mm -hmm. Discovery, for instance. And the real killer gets out of prison and hunts this guy down. Oh, Wow. Didn't like his so, portrayal, huh? <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. yeah you got to deliver the lines a little better, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a cool premise. Uh, is, had, was it an adjustment to switch to writing YA? Um, you know, a little bit. Now, what you don't know is that I have a son who was a teenage actor. He's now a young 20s actor. He portrayed a murderer as a young kid on a, a, one of those crime reenactment shows on Investigation Discovery. So you might think that, wow, no wonder you came up with that idea. It's such an easy idea, right? It's right in your living room. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't come up with the idea. My agent came up with the idea, and he didn't have any knowledge at all of my son's occupation. So he sent me this email. He said, my wife and I love to watch these shows. Wouldn't this be cool? And he explained the premise. He had no idea that my son was an actor and had done that. So again, another freaky way of me getting an idea for a book. Well, the book is I Know Where You Sleep, now available from Down Out Books. The author is Alan Orloff. And uh, I want to tell you, Alan, I really do appreciate you coming on the show, especially this special episode. Well, thanks so much for having me. And again, congratulations on number 100. All right, folks, there's Alan Orloff for you, a cool guy. And uh, of course, everybody comes on the show. I feel that way about it. It's uh, uh, when you sit down and talk to somebody for longer than about two minutes, it's amazing how uh, much you can connect. Um, anyway, like I mentioned in, in the introduction, he has a, a couple different books that have a very cool premise to them that I was impressed with. And I Know Where You Sleep uh, certainly has my interest peaked. Uh, so moving into the uh, end of this uh, episode here in a bit, uh, I did want to mention that, uh, you know, season three uh, had a full season of, you know, open and shut episodes and feature episodes, uh, some some great guests once again. Uh, I really felt like I started hitting my stride in season three and figured out what this show was going to be. Uh, you know, the open and shut episodes. Um, you know, to feature as many people as possible and to have as, as many conversations as possible, but still retaining that one feature episode a month that uh, gets back to the core and the original idea of Wrong Place, Right Crime, that late night FM dial conversation. And it feels like uh, that is continuing in season four. Um, so with that in mind, let's hear from some of the folks who were in season three. And actually, uh, I hit up one from season four, even though that's pretty recent history. Uh, see if you can guess which one. Um, and uh, again, he- hear what they've been up to since appearing on the show. And I encourage you to check each of them out. Hi, Frank. This is J.J. Hensley, author of the Trevor Galloway series. Wanted to thank you for... No, not not right now, sweetie. I'll I'll be with you in a minute. I'm I'm doing something right now. Um, anyway, anyway, um, JJ Hensley, um, the author of the Trevor Galloway series, and um, my next book, uh, The Better of the Bad, is coming out October 12th, and I just want to congratulate you Can on. Say outside, 
No, in, in a little bit, sweetie. You got to finish your schoolwork. Um, things are going really great here. Uh, the, the, I mean, the pandemic's got me locked in, but writing's going really well. Uh, hardly any interruptions at all. It's been what real smooth. Oh, it's, it, I'm, I'm doing a recording for Frank. It's just give me a minute. And just anyway, congratulations on the 100th episode. I'm sure it's been a breeze for you as it, everything's been great for all of us. So, uh, Are you, you super old? no, I'm not super old. Oh. Uh, so thanks, Frank, and congratulations again. Congratulations, Frank, on 100 episodes of Wrong Place, Right Crime. It's Caviesia, you know, your little Welsh friend from Seven Criminal Minds. Well, we blog together, and I very much enjoy doing that, as well as having enjoyed doing the interview with you. Thanks for allowing me to spotlight my Kate Morgan mysteries, my Wise Inquiries Agency mysteries, and my dark psychological thriller, The Wrong Boy. He's such fun to talk to, and you've got a great personality in real life that really comes over on the air. More strength to your arm, keep going with it, and thanks again for taking the time to spotlight authors. Really appreciate it. Happy anniversary, Frank. Frank, congratulations on your 100th episode. This is Bo Johnson, author of All of Them to Burn. It was uh, great to be on your show back in uh, October. I had a fun time. Uh, and I just want to say what I'm working on now. Uh, I may have killed Bishop Ryder, but uh, the way that I always uh, wrote Bishop Ryder, his story was out of sequence. So there's a lot of stories in between A Better Kind of Hate, The Big Machine Eats, and All of Them to Burn, that coming this fall, you will have brand new dark, brand new Bishop Ryder stories, a whole book of Bishop Ryder from Down and Out Books. Looking forward to you guys reading it. Ann Seamus here. I'm the author of the Grace Gaviano Mysteries, the Andy Comstock Supernatural Mysteries, the Fossil Colorado Books, and Christmas Valley Romances. Right now I'm working on book three in the Fossil Books entitled Run or Don't. After that, I'm tackling Frame to Die, which will be book seven in my Grace Gaviano Mysteries. You can find me at annseamus.com or on Amazon. Congratulations, Frank, on reaching your 100th episode of Wrong Place, Right Crime. It was an honor to be featured on your blog, and I wish you all the best on your next 100 episodes. Hi, this is James Latwell, author of At What Cost and Bury the Past in the John Penley Detective Series. Look for Black Label in the summer of 2021. Frank reached 100 episodes in the Wrong Place, Right Crime show, which really shouldn't be that much of a surprise because Frank's that guy who, if you take to the mall for a one-hour trip, He'll turn it into a five-hour ordeal because he talks to everyone. So on his show, you might have Lee Child, or you might have the pack, the bag boy at Pack and Save. Always a, always a surprise. But big congrats to Frank for reaching the 100-episode mark with Wrong Place, Right Crime. Well done, Frank. Hello, this is Brenda Chapman, author of the Stone Child in Rouleau Police Procedural Series. I'd like to begin by congratulating you, Frank, on reaching a momentous milestone. 100 podcasts of Wrong Place, Right Crime is truly incredible, and I'm so pleased that you invited me to be one of the guest authors this past season. Since Closing Time's release in March, and this is the seventh and last book in the Stonechild series, I've been doing some virtual marketing for Closing Time, as well as dipping my pen into writing standalone thrillers and having a lot of fun with that. Much like I'm sure you and most of your listeners, I've been staying close to home because of the pandemic, and which has given me even more incentive to disappear inside a story for a few hours every day at my computer. So all the best to you and to your listeners, Frank, and cheers to your next 100 podcasts. Hi, I'm Owen Mullins speaking to you from Scotland. First up, a big congratulations to Frank. The last time I was on the show, I told you about my book, Deadly Harm. Many thanks to all of you who downloaded it. My next novel is titled Family, a gritty gangland story set in London. The Glass family business is crime, and they're good at what they do. Vengeance took Luke Glass behind bars, but now he's free, and he's never gone back. Luke wants out of the gangster life. All he has to do is convince his family to let him go. 
His brother holds the reins of the South London underworld in his brutal hands. Nobody tells Danny Glass no and expects to live. The way Danny sees it, his younger brother and sister Nina owe him everything. The price he demands is loyalty, and a war with their arch-enemy gives him the leverage he needs to tie look to the family once more. Family is available for pre-order now. Hopefully I'll be back to talk to you about it. Until then, stay safe everybody. Hi, this is Holly West, editor of Murder of Go-Go's, crime fiction inspired by the music of the Go-Go's. Frank, I want to congratulate you on 100 episodes of Wrong Place, Right Crime. I really enjoyed when you had me on it a while back. Right now, I'm working on a book based on a series of murders that happened in my hometown in 1984, and I hope to have it finished by the end of the year. Hey, Frank. I uh, just wanted to say congratulations on your 100 episodes. I was glad to be 100th of the 100. Uh, it was a great, great interview, great time. I know you're interested in what I'm doing these days. Uh, sometime in 2021, uh, my first novel in the Nick Ryan series for Blackstone, uh, Sleepless City, will be out. And I'm these days working on the uh, sequel to that a Nick Ryan novel, and it's called Blind to Midnight. I've also had a, a, tr- a trilogy of short stories that are going to be uh, published in Mystery Tribune, the first one of which has been published called Left-Footed Angels. And I'm also going to be working on a story for an Eagles anthology based on Cal- Hotel California, and my story will be called Victim of Love. And if you can imagine, it's not romantic love. Hi, everyone. Um, Congratulations, Frank, on your 100th episode. That's really awesome. I was privileged to be part of uh, Frank's podcast, and I really appreciate that. I'm Debbie Mack, author of the Sam McRae Mystery Series, and my latest book is Damaged Goods, the first in a new series about a female Marine veteran with PTSD and an opioid addiction who works as a kind of unlicensed private eye. I'm also host of my own podcast, The Crime Cafe. So anyway, if you'd like to check out the podcast as well as my books, go to DebbieMack.com and also look for my bookstore. You can buy my books there and others that I recommend and support indie bookstores. Congratulations again, Frank. Great job. Hey, this is Sam Weeb, author of the Wakeland series and the new novel Never Going Back. Frank, I just wanted to say uh, happy 100 episodes. That's that's an incredible feat, man. Uh, you should be very proud. I really enjoyed my time on the show. If there are listeners out there who like uh, PI fiction, uh, contemporary fiction with social issues, they can check out my website, samweeb.com, sign up for the newsletter there, and get a free ebook called Hollywood North, which is a Wakeland story set in COVID-stricken uh, Vancouver. Thanks. And happy 100 episodes, and here's to another 100, Ben. This is Libby Klein, author of the Poppy McAllister Mysteries, dropping in to say a quick hello. The fifth book in my series is Wine Tastings or Murder, and it launched December of 2020. Poppy is a hilarious middle-aged plus-size redhead, and she's hosting a stop on the annual Cape May Wine Tour and what turns out to be the world's most awkward happy hour. She's relieved when she can finally send the group of rich, famous, and entitled off to their next tour stop, only the winery calls to say one of her guests has perished in the Pinot. Now she's sucked into another murder investigation against her will, while her black smoke Persian Figaro tangles at home with a teacup Pomeranian named Tammy Faye Baker. Congratulations to Wrong Place, Right Crime for the fabulous achievement of hitting 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more and counting. All right, there you go. Uh, You know, season three folks uh, with some hugely interesting projects going on there. Um, I had a lot of fun with season three, but I've had a lot of fun with each of the seasons. Uh, you know, season one, um, I got to interview a couple of people that I really admired, um, 
you know, and Steve Hamilton and Dave Zeltzerman, and I got to meet Danny Gardner. And then I also got to bring people on who, uh, you know, were essentially my friends and collaborators. I mean, you heard from several of people I've written books with on there. Um, and that's what this show has continued to be, uh, a chance to meet uh, some of my uh, literary heroes. I mean, uh, this season I had a uh, chance to talk to Walter Mosley and Eric Van Lustbader, both giants in the field. Uh, I got to meet James Swallow, who I didn't even know existed and who became my hero immediately when I read his bio and got to talk to him. Uh, but I still get to talk to people that uh, that are, are, are my friends um, before we ever uh, get on the show. And that's kind of a neat, uh, a, a neat gig to have. Uh, another thing that's happened that's kind of cool um, is that uh, you know, some of the listeners have reached out and uh, as listeners who are also writers themselves and have have expressed an interest in being on the show. And a, a few of them are going to be on later uh, this season, actually, you know, writers who are uh, closer to the beginning of their career, which I always like to feature uh, a mixture of uh, established writers, uh, up and coming writers and brand new writers. Um, you know, this show is an opportunity for me to just to help out just a little bit. Um, so look for uh, people like Scott K Kakawa. Hope I said your name right, Scott. Um, and uh, uh, Sandra Wells and a few other folks who, uh, you know, were first introduced to me as listeners of the show and uh, who I'll introduce to you as the authors that they are. Uh, so what does the future of Wrong Place or Right Crime hold? Well, folks, I'm committed to season five. I've got uh, uh, several uh, guests on the slate, and I'll be uh, opening it up again in, in late August to, to round out the roster. Uh, so season five is definitely happening, and uh, I just get too much out of it. I get, uh, I get the contacts with the authors. I get the contact with the listeners, uh, and I learn things. I learn things from writers. And, uh, of course you don't get the benefit of the conversation that happens after the recording for an episode stops. Uh, but, uh, in some instances, that's been my favorite part of the interaction. I, I, I've really enjoyed that as well. And so while it is my distinct hope that, uh, life will return to some semblance of a normal with the uh, vaccinations, uh, that the people get, uh, in the, in the COVID pandemic being brought under control sometime in 2021, I don't envision my hermit-like life changing very much uh, in, uh, in terms of uh, spending time alone and writing. And, and so doing this show will continue to be that connection and that uh, way to, to be part of the community. Uh, you know, that and uh, going to a couple of conferences each year. Uh, I've tried to do a few other things to accomplish that. I joined, rejoined actually Sisters in Crime. I was a member years and years ago, a Mr. Sister. Uh, there wasn't a chapter in Spokane, so it didn't. I didn't really benefit uh, as much from the membership as if there had been a chapter. Uh, but with the way things have changed in in, in recent years in terms of uh, you know connectivity, I figured it was time uh, to join again. And it was one of my guests, uh, uh, the fabulous Laurie Raider Day, who urged me to do it, and I took her advice. And uh, I'm, I'm just renewed for for the new year for 2021. I'm, I'm proud to be a member of that organization. Uh, also finally joined Mystery Writers of America um, and signed up for the Northwest chapter. And that's another uh, fantastic way uh, that I am able to keep in touch with other writers. Uh, but this podcast has been the primary way that I've been able to, to stay in touch. And so I, I'm sure I belabored that point quite enough. <laughs> so I'll move on. Uh, the future of the show, well, season five for sure. And then we'll see. But, uh, you know, shake that uh, crazy eight ball and look, oh, look, the uh, outlook appears favorable. Now, one thing that, and, and probably the last thing I'll touch on here is, is the listeners. Uh, that's you. I try to say thanks every episode, and uh, there, there's a reason why I do that. Uh, much like a writer would not be entirely complete without a reader, um, I don't think a podcast that just goes up online and nobody listens to has quite as much value as, as it does when it connects with listeners, for sure. Uh, and so I want to let you know, I appreciate you being there. I appreciate you listening, especially this self-congratulatory episode. I, <laughs> I appreciate you bearing with me. So I want to say thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, please, you know, do all the liking and sharing and everything you can to, to, to share it with other folks that might enjoy it. 
um, and uh, definitely you know give give the guests some love or at least some looks. If their work is interesting to you, give it a read. That's uh, you know it's part of the reason why they're coming on the show, and it's part of the reason why the show exists to connect readers and writers. Uh, and along those lines, um, our next episode uh, will next week will be an open and shut episode with Robert McCaw. Now, uh, Robert's books are Hawaii-centric. Um, he is uh, the second author that's had some uh, Hawaiian connections uh, that's been on the show. Uh, Lano Waiwale was on uh, a while back, and uh, Scott Kakawa will be on later this season. Um, and much like Alan Orloff had a rather eclectic uh, work background and uh, when you uh, take a look at Rob McCaw's <laughs> the rather lengthy history, uh, you're going to find it to be pretty uh, fascinating as well. In fact, I'd recommend you go to his website and read that because uh, we just breeze right over it on the show because we wanted to get right into his books. So that's next week on Wrong Place, Right Crime, Robert McCaw. I want to say a thanks to Down Out Books for sponsoring the show, to all of the guests who came back on and said congrats and updated us on the work that they're on. Again, please consider that a book recommendation and check all of them out. Um, they're great writers and uh, some of my, my greatest writing friends. Uh, and lastly, I want to say a thanks to you, the listener. Thanks for uh, joining in the celebration. And for listening to the podcast, uh, you keep listening and I'll keep talking, or at least giving authors a place to speak. Robert McCaw next week. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime.